Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. I ask the lights to go up just a little bit more so we can see this scripture and then we can take them back down and keep the heat out of here and keep us as comfortable as we can. In Hebrews chapter 6, a couple of weeks here, I don't have a series of a message. It's just standalone messages, and this, this is what God has put into my heart right now. And uh, pray for us in a couple of weeks. We're going to be going to general council, which I'm excited about. Every two years, the Assemblies of God in the United States all come together for a four-day conference of business and, and services, and it's just an awesome time. Perfect time for us to go and take a look and see some new ideas. They have every ministry known to man there, and I'm just going to get some new uh, ideas of how to get, if the Lord gives us into this building, how timely that's going to be, and then we're going to do a little R&R, so pray for us in Jesus' name. Amen? How many of you need that time? Got to have that time. Hebrews chapter 6. Something God's put in my heart today. I keep saying a lot of this lately to people, this state, this statement and phrase about the timing of God. I want to talk to you about the timing of God. God's timing. God's timing. In Hebrews chapter 6, I want to read a couple scriptures in verse 9. He says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you, because he prior to this, he just gave a very strong warning of people who, who come into the faith and begin to believe, but they only last for a short while, and then they fall away. And he gives a very strong warning about the sin of apostasy, which means to abandon. You ever seen an abandoned vehicle on the side of the road? It, that means someone has apostated that vehicle. It's a Greek word. And in this scripture, he talks about people will do that to Christ and to God in the last days. They will walk away from God and leave their faith like an abandoned vehicle. Are you here today? That's what Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6 is like meat. Some of us like the milk. I like milk. Milk's good. Put them cookies. Come on, somebody. Got to have milk with cookies. There's milk in the word of God. Proverbs is good milk. Oh, I'm preaching already. You already wait for me. to. I'm preaching right now already. Been preaching. But meat is a steak. Come on, steak eaters. How many carnivores we got in the house? Okay. T-bone. I like ribeye. I'm a ribeye man. Hallelujah. On the eighth day, God made coffee and ribeye. God is good. <laughs> ribeye. I love steak. Well, spiritually speaking, Hebrews is ribeye steak. It's meat. So I know we may be new to the faith if you're visiting or listening to this message on the podcast and you're not used to meat. You may be a baby in Christ. It's hard to feed a T-bone to them babies up there. You got to cut it up real, real small. I'm going to try my best to cut it up real, real small. But once you taste of the meat, you're going to be hooked. Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? Sorry if you're a vegetarian. You ain't had one of these buy steaks. Anyway, uh, anyway, let's go because I'm trying to eat vegetables too. But I'm all over. Help me, Jesus. I ain't even started. We're getting in some meat. Now he's saying, but we're not talking about those that's committing apostasy. We want to talk to the river of life at 1130, those that are serious about your faith. 
These things we speak that accompany salvation, though we speak in, in this manner. Verse 10, For God is not unjust to forget about all your work and your labor of love which you have shown toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. God said, I don't forget the time you volunteer and you join a worship team, uh, River Kids team, Royal Ranger team. I, I, God, don't forget all the things you've helped at Convoy of Hope and you've helped at the Harvest Festival and you've given into the ministry. God says, I don't forget the good things that you do to help bless the min- and minister to the saints. God, don't forget that. People do, but God don't. Verse 11, here it is. And we desire, everybody say desire. That each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Hope until the end. Everybody say all the way to the end. Verse 12 is what you need to do. That you do not become sluggish. Another translation says lazy. Uh Uh-oh. Do not become lazy. But imitate those who through their faith and patience... They've lasted to inherit the promises. Wow. Are you ready for this today? Thank you for your word, Lord. We pray your blessing on our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell three people before you're seated, it is God's timing that you're here today. And then you can be seated. Tell three people that. It's the timing of God. I just been. I seem to be saying this a lot lately to people. Is when we think about the building here at the church. It's just people in your in your own personal lives. I've talked to you, and it's like some of you are saying, "Wow, this is just now happening." I've been waiting for this. Or uh, sometimes it's been a situation where I've almost given up on thinking this was going to happen, but now it seems to. And another situation, just many situations. I just keep saying it's God's timing. How many know that we have our timing and God has his timing? How many also know that those are on two different timelines? I said, how many has learned that it's on two totally different timelines? Your Bible says that in Ecclesiastes, we hear a famous song that uh, plagiarized from the Bible. There is a time for everything, a time for joy, a time that that song came from Ecclesiastes 3. So anyway, and that simply says God has a time for everything. Timing, isn't timing so important? Timing is everything. You ever say the right thing at the wrong time? (laughs) Oh, I can tell you some examples. I have said so many times, and I'm not going to tell you any of that. Anyway, I have. Timing. I was thinking about this in sports. Today we got, this is softball season, baseball season, so you notice timing. You see, it's all about timing. It could be the biggest, strongest athlete on the team has the sweetest hookup, the sweetest uniform, looking all fine and fly and in shape, get up there, but if his timing ain't right, he stinks. Teams win or lose based on timing in softball team. Anyway, we got to work on our timing. (laughs) Everybody was saying, man, this year was this and that. I've played on our team, and I know how it is to strike out. It hurts. It stings. You know, you get up there. I know. You know what it is? So we go to the batting cages. Why do we go to the batting cages? So we want to work on our what? Timing. Timing. Football is coming. Amen. Timing. What's going to make the difference in in our team? Lions going all the way. Is Matthew Stafford throwing the ball at the right 
time. Just think about the time, timing in everything. God is the same way with God. It's all about God's timing. You could be waiting on something in your life, wanting something to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen if it's a promise of God, but it's only going to happen in God's timing. Someone drove all the way out here to hear me say that today. Timing. Look here. The phrase, at the right time, is used 96 times in the Bible. 96 times. At the right time. Jesus was at his little home in Nazareth. I've been over there. I've seen the village that Jesus grew up in. I went through a house that was replicated. And they said to us, this is the same kind of house Jesus was raised in. I've been in there. I've seen it. Jesus stood there in that home till he was 33 years old. And then he came out and he began to heal. He began to do miracles. Were there people that needed miracles and healing before Jesus walked out of his front door? Absolutely. But Jesus did not. When he was 17, I'm sure he saw crippled people in his village. I'm sure he saw blind people when he was 19 and in his 20s. I'm sure he saw people that were desperate for a miracle when, they, when he was 30. But he stood there and he said, as, ma- as much as I want to go out and help, I cannot do it until God's timing. God has a time for everything. I would say to you that one of the most difficult facts about God And one of the most exciting and thrilling facts about God is the timing of God. I've had to learn that. It could be one of the most frustrating seasons of our lives. The Bible says hope deferred makes the soul sick. But when the desire comes, it's like a tree of life. Did you notice in verse 11, before we start talking about the timing of God... He says the word desire. Everybody look at your Bible. Verse 11. Before we get into the time table, what does he say? We desire. I want you to see that. Who's we? God, the Holy Spirit, moved upon Paul the Apostle to write we. We as in God. In other words, let me say this. Do you know what God desires for you? What does that have to do with the timing? It has everything to do with the timing. Because before he gets into the timing of God and finally getting what you're waiting for, he says, i got to address what you're waiting for. Because sometimes frustration comes when we're waiting on something that God don't want us to have. Just because we desire something don't mean God desires something. Oh, I was with you, Pastor Eddie, until you start preaching that. That was so good. I know. We all know what we want, but God is saying, have you ever asked me what I want for your life? How come this ain't happening? And we get frustrated. God, I want this to happen. Oh, God, please, I want you just to happen. Spiritual temper tantrums. Do you ever throw one? I'm not reading that today. I'm not even going to go to church. I don't need singing, walking, splitting the seas. What's he talking about? We throw these temper tantrums, and it's all because of our desires. Our desires may not be on the same page as God's desires. We want God to do this. God says, I I don't want you to do that. Even if I gave you what you're asking, you're not in the right position to handle it. So even if I do answer your prayer request and give you what you're asking, it will destroy you and cause you to run away from me and be worse off than it was in the beginning. So i got to make sure your desires are lining up with my desires. You know why I'm preaching this to you? Because it's something God had to show me. In 2012, I was in a very frustrated season in my life. 
I was just aggravated. I was just in a very bad place. Uh, not in a bad place. I was just frustrated in my, in my spirit. I was praying for something. Youth pastor, the, the vision and the mission was, was changing, and the assignment was changing for me. As a, and Melinda and I were doing youth, and we knew it was just a very frustrating place. I was saying, God, I know prophetic words have been spoken over us for, to, to do this and to do that. And I was just frustrated, and I, and I got aggravated. And just as a very place, man, like I was just, ah, oh, coming in the church. I remember the, the songs just bouncing right off of me. I just, I just wasn't getting in it. I just was like, I was frustrated. I was aggravated. I was like, something needed to change. And, and so I do, I did what I always do. I don't run to a, to a bottle or to a substance when I'm all stressed out. I got me some water. I got my Bible, and I went to a, a place at Fahola Camp, and I locked myself in for a couple days and just spent time with the Lord, praying and fasting and seeking God. Let me tell you, sometimes God will deliberately cause things to happen in your life to get you to be desperate enough to seek God and seek God only God. Sometimes God will just say, your problem is you don't want it enough. Your problem is you're not seeking me for it. And so that's how I've learned to get a hold of God. I, I get away with God all the time, when, especially seeking God for a new year. He gave me that word for our church this year. I could have said anything. I could have said this is going to be a season of construction or a season of whatever. But God dropped that bereavement. Who wants to get up here and tell you that? I'm like, God, I thought it was just this, you know, experiencing what we're experiencing and God is saying hey you know you've been praying for the wrong things so I got away with God in 2012 and began to seek him and I began to say God why isn't this happening the way I want it to happen in my life how come this doesn't seem to open up for me and I got real frustrated and are you ready what God I'm gonna share with you what God shared with me are you ready can you handle some meat today come on vegetarians just kidding it's what he told me to read, and I went to my Bible. I read this before, but I was so mad I had to go read it for myself. Again, is this sure what you're saying to me? And I read it in James chapter 4. I love James. He's a bottom line. He's a steak eater. He says, what causes? He, he, he's got a question. You ever? We always got questions. Don't we got questions? Oh, God, why this? How come that? If you're reading your Bible, God's got questions. Jesus uh, asked over 60 questions in his ministry. He, he's got questions. Here's one of them right here. He says, what causes fights? Eddie, what, what's causing you to have fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire? There's that word desire again. That battle within you. Stop right there. He says, what's causing you to get all angry and start fighting and getting all in a bad mood? It's because of the problem and the desires that you got in, inside of you. It's an interpersonal struggle that you got going on inside of you. Whoa, me? I'm praying and fasting, God. You see me drive all the way up here? I'm real spiritual. I'm in a cabin praying to you. This is spiritual. You're going to tell me my problem and the reason why I'm frustrated with the timing of God is because of my attitude? Wait a minute. Come on, somebody. He says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You hurt. You hurt people. Eddie, you're taking it out on people. You're blaming people. You're hurting people, and you take it on people because you're frustrated on the inside of you. You covet. Then you start to get jealous over other ministries and over other things. And you start looking around. Why is this happening over there? How come it ain't happening over for me? God, we start, this is exactly what I was dealing with. Isn't it amazing how God has a scripture for the exact situation that you are in? 
is it amazing? That's why I love the Bible. I want everybody to read the whole Bible from now to next Sunday. That's your assignment. It's so good. You'll thank me for it. You desire, but you don't have. So you kill, you covet, but you, you cannot get what you want. Another song. So you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask. Stop right there, God, I ask. Oh, yeah, I'm praying and fasting. And I'm asking you. So that can't be talking to me. Because I'm asking that you do this, and I'm asking that you, you, know, you change this situation, and that you open this door, and that you do this, and, and you, I'm asking you to do this. So it's not, don't tell me I'm not asking, so you are asking. Then he goes, no, 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 keep reading. Two powerful words, keep reading. You get stuck in the Bible somewhere, why did that happen? Keep reading. When you do ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That's what I said. Wow. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So he says, he says, Eddie, your problem about the whole timing thing is not that it's my fault. It's that your motives and the reason why you want me to do what it is you want me to do is wrong. It's everything is from a selfish motive. Everything is about you. Everything you're praying and asking me has everything to do with no, no one else but just you. <laughs> I'm glad I came to church today. So God told me this. He said this. I want you to write that. He said, I have the right time for the right desire. So I want, what I want you to do, Eddie, I want you to start getting into my word and let, let my word begin to change and form your desires. And let me begin to change the way you pray. Let me begin to get you to say, because I, you know, I thought being a youth pastor, I wanted to just have this big youth ministry and, and just have thousands of students. I thought that was the goal, is to have these big ministries and, and, and to do this and to do that. And God is saying, that wasn't my goal for your life. You, know, you may be here and you, wanna, uh, you want that promotion at work. You want to be the CEO. You want to excel at work. And, and, and I need to ask you, is it because you just want the corner office and you want all the perks, or is it because you really believe you can make a difference for that company? You hear me? God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he said, before I bring you into the promised land, i got to first bring you to the mountain of God and have you be introduced to me to get you to know me. Because if you don't know me and I give you the blessing of the promised land, you'll turn the promised land into Egypt. Some of you think you need a million dollars. If God gave you a million dollars, it would be the worst thing he's ever done for you. You ever see that, that show that says bankrupt billionaires? The ones that hit the lotto? You ever, there's a real show. It's happened so many times. They hit the big Powerball, baby. 66 million. Woo, my, my life has changed forever. Yeah, it's changed forever. Read it. It's horrible. What happens? They lose their ever-loving mind. Many of them take their own life. Do you know millionaires commit suicide in our country? Money is not the answer. When are we going to see that? But we run around and, oh, God, we want this. Oh, God, we want that. And if you're a Christian, God's going to say, hey, I'm your heavenly father. And just like you, you and your children, you're only going to get to your children what they really need because you're looking out for them. God is saying, this to me. Eddie, you've been asking some crazy things here. The problem I have with it is your desires. And so I want you to know, my first thing to begin to change was my prayer life. My prayer life began to change. I, I quit asking 
for things. I did ask for a million dollars when I first got saved. I did. I was parked over in St. Clair Shores in these big, beautiful homes. I'll, I can take you to the street, pull over, and I'll have my Bible. I, had, you know, I was out making deliveries, and I had some time. And I said, God, look at these houses. I said, God, man, I come from E-Course. <clears throat> Even our mayor didn't live in a house like this. You can fit the whole city in half this house. Anyway, I'm, I'm just saying, God, and, and you set me free from drugs and alcohol. I'm, I'm really free, God. Um, I want to, and I prayed. I was so earnestly, oh, Heavenly Father. You know, you pray in King James when you get serious. Givest thou me a million dollars. Yay! I didn't pray like that. Neighbors would have been like, someone's over here doing drugs. I prayed for him. I did. I prayed for a million dollars. I'm embarrassed to tell you that, but I did. And I was so sincere. And then I got into the Bible when the million dollars didn't come. Still ain't come. <laughs> 22 years later, brother. <laughs> and you know what I read? Out of all places, I went to a man named Solomon. There's a man named Solomon in the Bible that God said, ask me whatever you want. What would you do if God said that to you? <laughs> Seriously. And I go, ooh, this is good. Because I know what I'm going to ask for. I'm going to ask for a million dollars. And Solomon, that's King David's son. He said, God, I want you to make me a man of character. I want you to make me a man of integrity. I want you to make me a man of a good reputation that I can lead your people. Is it on your top ten list? And God, and I read this, and God heard him and said, Solomon, because you didn't ask for a million dollars, because you didn't ask to be popular, he said, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. And on top of it, I'm going to make you the richest man in history. When I read that, my whole desire began to change. I began to say, okay, God, it's not the million, because you may want to be rich, and God wants you to be rich, but your definition of rich is probably not the same as his. Can I help you out today? Can I help you out today? Because you may be killing it at the office, bro, but you stink at home. You may be killing it at the, at the, at the field anywhere else in your life, but your marriage, come on, let me talk to you. So God says, I, I got a problem with your desires is, is where I need to start working on you. And then I read this scripture. I didn't put it up there, but it says this. If we delight ourselves in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. I used to read that and go, see, I want a million dollars, God. Well, he says, you need to read the first part. The first part says, if you delight yourself in me. Let me say it like this. If you can be happy just the way, right where you are. If you can be happy just in the fact that you are a man or a woman of God. If you can just be content with no one else but just me. <laughs> if you can just be happy just the way you are and you got me in your life. If you really can get to that place then your desires will change. They will line up with my desires. And guess what? I will give you those desires. But you first got to be happy to delight yourself in me. Woo! That's it. That's the change. Praying for our building. I began to pray. You know, a couple of years ago, I began to change my prayer. I began to say, okay, God, instead of building a building here, what if you want to relocate us? What if you want to move us to another location? So I started praying. God, if you want to move us, we'll move. 
because it's not what I want. Some of us, and this first point here is because we're, our biggest hang-up sometimes is right here, is what we're asking God for. We're wanting God's timing, but God is saying, are you, sh- you sure you're asking with the right motives here? So I begin to pray, God, if you don't want us to build, that's fine. I just want you to have your way in my life. What do you want for River of Life? If you want to relocate us, relocate us. So two years ago, we did. We started looking at other buildings. You know, we here and looked at a school. A couple of months ago, we went over here and looked at this church building right over here in Romulus. Just looked at it. Why? Because my desires were changing. It wasn't about having to have it like this. And that's just, I'm trying to move on, but this really has to be for somebody here today. The problem is sometimes our, our, our desires, what we're wanting to do, is not the same thing that God wants to do in our life. When I first got saved, I wanted God to wipe my criminal record away. And I wanted him to get rid of all my restitution and all of my payments and all my fees and fines I had to pay. And God didn't do all of that. He didn't. By faith, I quit paying it. And by faith, I got letters in the mail. They had a big red stamp on it, warrant for your arrest. I rebuked it in the name of Jesus and put anointing oil on it and prayed in the Holy Ghost. So, you're not supposed to be here. I am here. I rebuke you. I'm a Christian. I'm here. I'm a, I'm a man of the court. I am serving you. It didn't work. God says, I want you to pay restitution. And you know what happened? I had to learn with my little bit of money that I was making, 20-something thousand a year with a wife and two kids, broken down car, leaking oil everywhere, putting cardboard underneath it, catching oil and then folding it up and pouring it back in. How many's ever been there? Don't roll that window down. You ain't going to get it back up, but it's supposed to rain tonight. I mean, has there been there? Hey, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. I've been there pumping them brakes. Oh, Lord, let it stop. <laughs> My wife had a, we had a little t- tempo. I wanted some White Castles. So she went to White Castle. That's good. Oh, man. And you couldn't put it in reverse. You put it in reverse, it won't go. You had to get out and push it. Man, we need, I'm telling you, we've been there. I'm telling you. And we're going through all this. And I said, God, you want me to pay these fines? And God said, yep. So I had to learn to discipline myself. Ooh, big word, discipline. Because sometimes we don't need deliverance. We just need discipline. So God says, I can set you free from drugs and alcohol, but if you don't have the discipline, you're going to go right back when times are tough. So i got to put some discipline in you. Discipline is when you're going to carry your cross and it's not popular and you're not happy. You don't feel the goosebumps. You don't hear the song. I've seen you move. I've seen you do it again. It's Monday morning when because you serve God, you opted out on overtime because you wanted to make that conference or something. And now your finances are struggling. God says, do you still put me first? You get that payment in the mail. Are you still going to put me first financially? And we learn to do that. And pay fines. That hurt. And God says over the period of time, I'm looking back now, you know what God was doing? He's building character. He's building integrity. When I got my first level of credentials with the Assemblies of God, you know what they asked me? One of the questions was, are you in debt? That ain't spiritual. They said, we look at a man that can't pay his, his bills as a man who can't pay, is a man that doesn't have integrity. And before we give you an opportunity to pastor one of our churches, we want to make sure you're a good steward of the finances. 
There's no speaking in tongues or nothing. That was just no spiritual. That was right down the middle. And didn't Jesus say that? If you can't be faithful over little things, how can I give you things that are big and be faithful over big things? Uh, this is really a good message. I, I'm, it really is. If you listen to what I'm saying, it's to change our life. Because our problem with the timing of God is, all, is a lot of times not with his timing, but our issues. And we got to talk about these. And God began to develop and character began to come into my life. And i gotta, I got to get on with this. That's just the first little part here. We haven't even got into the message. <laughs> well, we have, but it's not. That's just the desire. But verse 12 tells us two things that we need once you get your desires right. He begins to say um, we need faith and patience. So verse 15 is on the screen. And it said, after waiting patiently, Abraham finally received the promise. So I want you to write this down. For every promise, we need patience. So after you get your desire right, part about the timing of God is going to be you and I having the patience. Now here, here is important. It's all through the word of God. It's patience. Patience. Why does God care so much about patience? Why is he always wanting us to have character and integrity? Why is that so big to God? Because the impact of finishing is greater than the excitement of beginning. I want you to write that down. That's why I put it on the screen and I just said it. The impact of finishing is greater than the excitement of beginning. We all get excited about something new, something that's fresh. And coming into the church, it's a new experience. We get excited. Keep that excitement as long as you got it. That God is wanting us to have to make an impact. And in order to make an impact, he's got to develop character and endurance in our lives, spiritually speaking. So he does that through different things. But he says in verse 12, you need faith and patience. Why faith? Why faith? Have you haven't got it figured out yet? It's because God don't tell us the details. How many know God doesn't tell us the details? Why don't he tell us the details? He, tell, he don't tell us the details. I, I think three, three things here that I would say. Number one, it would overwhelm us. This is for somebody. He don't tell us the details because, number one, it would overwhelm us. It would. Some of the things looking back, if God told me when I was 25 years old and I first got saved, if he told me all the things we had to go through, it overwhelmed us. I don't think I would have continued. Some of you are going through something right now. And if God told you six months ago that this was going to happen, maybe a loss of love of a loved one or someone, talking with our, our family with Sabrina and going and devastating, some of the family might not have finished school or, or, or done something because they knew this was coming. We'd be so overwhelmed. We'd just lay in our bed and, it's coming. I know what's coming. You won't be able to do anything productive at all because you'll be too overwhelmed. So he can't tell us the details. Number two, we would find a shortcut. <laughs> Talking about the timing of God. Oh man, he doesn't tell us the details because we would find a shortcut. You ever seen that movie, Back to the Future? That's exactly what the whole movie's about. You and I would be doing that same thing. Running all over the place, trying to go back. They go back and they try to change something. And they go back and all, that's what we would do. Abraham had no idea when God said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. That he, he, God would, he would have to wait for 25 years. He would have, he, we would have done shortcuts. We would. We'd get tired. We'd try to make it, try to hurry up. We'll do this. We'll do that. In that movie, a professor has that car, and he goes back, and 
Michael J. Fox, he tries to stop Biff, remember that guy, from interfering. And he's got to get his mom and dad to the enchantment under the sea dance because that's when they kiss. And when they kiss, they fall in love, and then they have him. And so the whole movie, he's running around, and he's trying to do this, and he messes things up. So he's got to get in his time machine and come back and fix that. And, they, and the whole movie, now there's Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. That's the same way we would be. We'd go back to our lives. We'd say, this is where we met this knucklehead at this job. And I don't want to get with this dude, so I'm going to go to this job, and I'm going to meet this guy who seems to be better, but ends up, he's a worse knucklehead than this knucklehead. I'm just saying, you sit here and really think about this, it will blow your mind. The things that have happened in your life has all been a plan of God. And it's because partly we don't know. When I got saved, if God told me that I would be a pastor of a church in Belleville, Michigan, I probably would have took my oily leaking car and drove right off that parking lot. <laughs> Amen? Because it's just, there's no way. Or it would take, we here in 2002, we finally made it. We're, we're in church and God said, it's going to be 2019 before you get into a big building. Oh my gosh. We would be trying anything and everything to get into a shortcut. But God said it's in his timing. And the last one would be why I believe he doesn't give us the details. And this is probably the most important. It's simply this. He wants us to learn to trust him. That's why he don't tell you the details. Some of you are waiting on something from God right now. And he's not telling you the details. And it's frustrating. Once our desires are right and we're praying for the right reasons. And it's still tarrying. It's still waiting. It's because God is teaching us to trust him. And let me tell you this. I've been serving God 22 years. I, you never outgrow this. You never out get to the spot in the place when you say, you know, I don't really trust him no more. I can do this. You're always going to be in a situation, even this building, as easy as it looks like a no-brainer. Less money we got to borrow, bigger building. A little bit of work, but man, we're going to have everything. It makes perfect sense on paper, but you know what? God will do that to confirm what he wants us to do, but he never eliminates the step of faith it takes to still do it. He never eliminates. There's still a step of faith. Peter wanted to get out of the boat. His desire was right. He said, Lord, if that's you, then let me come out of the boat. And Jesus said, I'm here. It's me. But you got to step out of that boat and walk on water. It's physically impossible. But he still says, you got to take that step of faith. Step out on water. Take that step of faith. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right there. And he did. And he was doing fine. He was walking on water until he took his eyes off the Lord. And then he went. Then he began to sink. And the last thing I want to leave you with is about the timing of God here. Talking about patience. Got to have patience. How do you get the patience? In order to obtain patience, we need a test. <laughs> James chapter 1 says this. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I, I love that verse, but I've hated it. Don't you have a mixed feeling? I mean, it's the word of God, so we love it, but it's like, man, I hate that. It's the only thing that produces patience is the testing of our faith. But let patience have its perfect work. Somebody needs to hear that today. Let patience have its perfect work. 
Quit trying to make shortcuts. Quit trying to do this. Let it play out. Let it play out. Don't make a permanent decision in a temporary season. Don't make a permanent decision in a temporary season. Please pray about it. Seek God on it. And then he ended that by saying that you may be mature, complete, lacking nothing. And the worship team come. We're going to close. Mature. Mature. The difference between uh, immature and a mature believer is we understand that the delay is not a denial. That's so good. The difference in, in a toddler, a little kid, you could tell your kid, no, not right now. You didn't say no, you just said no, not right now. And what do they do? They don't know the difference between a delay and a denial. That's an immature baby. A baby, you'll do that. A kid, Because to a kid, my mom's favorite saying is, we'll see. I used to hate that. Oh, mom, can I get this? She's shopping and everything. I'm grabbing everything. We'll see. What do you mean we'll see? I'm asking you, can I, is it yes or no? That means no. I know it means no. Then we die. I just said, we'll see. Or ask your daddy. Oh, I know. I know it's going to be no. Why? When I go to dad. That's all immaturity. And sometimes we ask God, God, I don't want this to happen. And he's going, we'll see. Oh, God, it's not happening. Why isn't it happening? It happened for Pastor Steve, but it didn't happen for me. I'm telling you, serious adult Christians get themselves in all kinds of trouble. Abraham and his wife did. Remember, how come it ain't happening? And Sarah goes, I know. Here, take my friend and have a baby with her. He said, okay. In your Bible. And then, what's wrong with that woman? Sarah, that's insane. Abraham was... Uh, it's a crazy story. And they had Ishmael. And today in 2019, the Middle East is falling apart and has tension all because of that situation. God said, I'm going to bless Ishmael and I'm going to bless Isaac because they finally waited and God gave them their child and it was Isaac. And God said, but because you got ahead of me, their hands are going to be at each other's throat. For all eternity. Now you tell me, does the Arabs and Jews get along? We're sitting here in 2019 and that Bible prophecy is lived out right now. Out of all the places in the world, that little sliver of land in the Middle East called Israel is in the news every single day. What a coincidence. No, it's a fact because your Bible is a fact. God is real and his word is true. It's everywhere around us if we would just choose to believe him. Come on, let's stand. So I wanted to give this to us today and talk about the timing of God as we close today our service. And I hope you got something out of this today. You're always going to be in a position of waiting on God. The first thing, it's really that part was so important to me. It changed the way I pray. Instead of praying for things that are from a selfish point of view, we need to stop and say, God, what's your desire for me? What's your desire for me? I want to be a youth pastor. I want to be, I want to be an evangelist. I want to be a missionary. Those are all great. God may say, you know what? I want you to be here. I want you to, to be just an awesome Christian mom 
and raise them kids because one of those kids is going to change the culture. You just never know. And one of our most important things as a parent anyway is to be a parent. Amen? I mean, all, all over the place. I, I pray Holy Spirit has spoken to you during this message because the timing of God is something that's relevant to all of us. And we're all waiting on God for something. Well, I want us to make sure it's the same thing God's waiting on. We get our, we get our position in the right, we get our hearts in the right position so He can bless us. And I believe the time is now for us to move and relocate. I pray it goes through. If it does, man, you ain't seen nothing yet. What God has got called for this church. I have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men of what God has prepared for his people. Father, I thank you for your word today. Thank you, God. This has all been your timing, your timing. I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come on up and get into the position here in the altars. We're going to sing one more song. We do this every week. And I'm going to open up the altars. And if you want to come to the altar and just pray by yourself, you can pray over here by yourself and, and kneel or whatever. But if you need prayer, I want you to come. we got prayer teams here. These guys are here trained, prayed up, ready to pray for you and to agree with you if you've got something going on in your life and you want prayer. Come on up. And we're going to sing one more song and let's worship. Let's God have his way today. Rest of you, just worship. Lift your hands to him. Let this word get locked into our hearts today. But if you need prayer, come. If you want to kneel at the altar, come and kneel. Let's, let's end this service with being in the altars and worshiping God today. In Jesus' name, come on, let's worship. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org River of Life Assembly of God A church of His presence, His promises, and all people.